Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 398. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a sometimes weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first is the Week in the Geek, where we gather up all the geek news and bring it to you each week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 15th, 2020. And I didn't think of a fun way to say it this time. Well, now, now you're just going to say it, 2020. Yeah. I get it with uh, you say the... You say the whole thing. No... Yeah. With no stink on it. Very underwhelmed. It's a a time for reflection. And we always come at you with our weekly rotating main topic, which this week we're going to be taking both a look back and a look forward at the year that was 2019, as well as the new year 2020, as you heard John say, which, hey, happy new year. Happy new year. We've been gone for a bit, but we're back again. It happens a lot. Get you're used to it. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm drinking an IPA, and this—I am not drinking an IPA. This is from me either. The, uh, so you were wrong with both of us. You're starting off 2020 the wrong. I way. said I don't know about you guys, but I'm having an IPA, and you guys said you weren't. So I oh, so you didn't? I care? wasn't. So that I, was... I tried to be not be presumptuous about your drinking, and plus I knew Chris was drinking a uh, a, <laughs> yeah, a, a Boulevard plaid beer. Uh, so I'm having from K2 Brothers Brewing out of Rochester, New York, their New England style IPA, uh, and this was canned uh, December 16th, so it's not that old. They're using Citra Mosaic hops. It's coming in at six percent, and it's a decent IPA. It's a decent New England. It's not the greatest uh, beer out there. I think it's um, I think it's twelve ninety nine for a four pack Tall Boy, which isn't a bad price point. Um, I don't think I would actively seek out and buy this again. Uh, but if I saw it on draft, I'd probably have it. And if I saw another K two Brothers beer. I'd probably try it. Like this is a good showing. Um, it just wasn't the the bee's knees when it comes to the New England style beers. It doesn't have any kind of fancy name. It's just New England. IPA. Yeah, it's just uh, N E dash style IPA. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Just for my benefit, as well as the notes, show notes, pegboard Maybe you want to see. Everything we're talking about today, but yeah, I honestly haven't heard of K Two Brothers. Um, they're relatively new in Rochester. Hmm. Did they survive climbing the K Two, which is like apparently a very dangerous path, either up Everest or some sort of mountain? I don't know. But there's a famous mountain hike called the K Two. The- yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with a brewery in Rochester. Okay. Well, K2 Brothers, maybe they became brothers on the mountain. Yeah. I'm going to look up they, K2. They split a moon. <laughs> it's the second highest mountain. Oh, K2, is, it's just the name of a mountain. It's the second highest mountain after Mount Everest. I think there is a movie called K2. It's a mountain in Asia. Probably not that. Uh, uh, 
But I'm drinking a beer from Boulevard Brewing Company, and this is their Plaid Habit. And this is a Imperial Brown Ale that's been aged in Canadian whiskey barrels. Uh, it's a limited release, uh, 12.5% ABV, 13 IBUs, do with that what you will. Uh, my uncle actually had this previously, and he checked it to it out on tap, and I thought it sounded really good. And then when I went to my brewer store uh, last week, they had the four packs of it, so I grabbed one. And I've really been enjoying this beer. Uh, I've been drinking it the past couple days. I'll, I just saved one for the show tonight. I really like it. I think this is a big step up from something... Uh, like you would get from the, I'm blanking out on the name of the brewery. Oh my gosh. They do the whiskey barrel age. Founders? No, not founders. Oh my gosh. Like all their. Oh, Dragon's Milk? Those no, guys? No. I have a, I have a Dragon's Milk. Bo- Boulevard? No, not Boulevard. Oh, That's here, uh, the big honker? No, you're just naming beers. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, but. If you, I name a beer and it is the brewery clown that you're shoes? talking about, then clown yes. shoes? No. <laughs> no. Not clown shoes? It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. Uh, it's just not coming wait, to me. Weyerbacher? Definitely not Weyerbacher. They do... <laughs> they got the name. Their name of the brewery. Food? All their stuff's barrel aged. Everything comes in. Oh, oh Kentucky. Oh, uh, Kentucky. Clips? No. Paul, oh, what did you say? Eclipse? No. As soon as I say you guys are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. All the all their beers are barrel-aged. I thought that was the Kentucky brand with the horse on them. That's one of them. But, no, this is, um... Oh, uh, with Big Honker? Oh, no. Well, you already said no to Big Honker. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm just trying to move on. Because we're moving on. I really, I really like this beer. It's delicious. Um, I'm just trying to. It's a step up from this innocent gun. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, all their stuff's barrel aged. Um, Hmm. it's definitely a step up from their whiskey barrel aged beer. You get the nice imperial brown right up on the front. There's like that nice kind of roasted sweetness to it. And then it kind of swoops in with that whiskey like burn on the back end. Um, the first two bottles of this I had were room temperature, and then I put uh, my last two in the fridge just to try them a little bit chilled out more. It definitely makes it a lot more drinkable. It takes off some of that kind of dragon's breath that you get from the whiskey barrel aging on it. But this is fantastic. I think the four pack was like thirteen ninety nine. It wasn't anything too crazy. Um, if I see this again on the shelf, I'll definitely pick it up just for, you know, day off drinking or a long day at work drinking. It's fantastic. Mm. I can't believe I forgot Innocent Gum. But yeah, Plaid Habit. Check it out. Very cool. Yeah. Guys, what you should check out while it's still available on the shelves is limited releases from uh, Collective Arts. Chris, this is something that you had before. He, he This is the... Uh, he had a different uh, different collab. Well, he, I know he had, yes, the way you were saying it. But this, <laughs> well, I cl- yeah. But I'm drinking the uh, Collective Arts and uh, a Prairie Artisan Ales collab, which is also in the same line as the thing that Chris had on the show before, the Origins of Darkness, and this is their Imperial Stout. This one's aged uh, with coffee, wafer, vanilla, and cocoa nibs. 
Mm. And I've been drinking this for uh, about two hours now, and I'm down to my last couple sips, and it's just a smooth, easy-sipping, uh, wonderful imperial a stout. And, guys, I'm opening up another one after this, so <laughs> look forward to me being very loopy. Hey. No, I, I've appreciated the stuff that I've had from mm-hmm. Collective Arts. I really enjoyed the beers I had from Prairie um, that you sent me last year, John, so that, that sounds delightful. I might... Because I can still find Collective Arts at my beer store. I might see if they have this one because I didn't pay attention because I can't tell all their cans apart because it's all just the different art styles. And they change all the time. Um, so I don't actually like, look at it too much. Um, so I'll have to go take a look at the These... names for it. But what was this one called? Oh, Origin of Darkness? Yeah, this is the Origin of Darkness. This is in that series that comes in those uh, bottles, brown or black bottles. Okay. And with the black labels in there. Maybe not, because I think everything they have there is canned right now, but I'll check. Mm. Uh, yeah, we can always, I can always bring you down a couple. Because I'm off tomorrow, I'll probably wind up going to the beer store just to grab stuff for the weekend. So I'll see if I can find out. I'll give you a heads up. Yeah. And I appreciate that. No problem. And speaking of something else I appreciate, uh, we finally got a trailer and confirmation that yeah disney's going ahead with releasing the new mutants movie what yeah it's been a long time coming it's uh, so new it's the old mutants it's weird because today at work one of my sales advisors was like walking past me and he was like oh my god did you see they put out the trailer for new mutants i was like yeah did you see it actually looks really good like we we're laughing and even he said like didn't they say they were going to put that out like two years ago and i was like yeah it's been a long time and they're yeah, apparently the original trailer got released back in October of 2017. Jeez. And um, even after Fox went back and did a bunch of reshoots, Disney is releasing the original film. So, I, well, because they did the reshoots so much l- later, like we were, I made jokes back then about like, man, these kids are going to look so different from scene to scene. It's going to be just so mind crazy. Yeah. And Mind-bending. I'm glad that they're doing this, and they have no horse. You know, they have no horse in the race. They don't care. They're going to release it, release the darker version. You know, they probably looked at all the different cuts that they had and said, "Well, this is the best one. Let's just put it yeah. out." I mean, it's a shame that it took this long because, I mean, you know, if you've listened to the podcast at all over the past like ten years, I'm not big fan of the X Men movies anymore. This just looks like an entertaining like horror movie, but it just happens to turn out that the main characters are also mutants and X Men. Like that's that's a cool little hook for me. Like I I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, it could be good. Like it's you know it it could be. You know, there's nothing um, there's nothing stopping it from being a fun, quirky little film, even if it's in the same vein oh. as um, Legion was on FX. Like. That was a, a fun, interesting show that was kind of, you know, on the darker side of things, but also kind of zany and wacky. So Maybe maybe that's just the problem with the X-Men movies. Maybe they're just trying to go too big now, and you need to kind of play it a little bit, a little bit calmer, a little bit cooler. Because, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I like that. I'm not a big fan of, like, New Mutants, like the the comic, but I was able to pick out all the characters as they were popping up on screen. And you know, I was like, okay, like, oh, you know, Sunspot, oh, 
the kid from Stranger Things is going to be uh, Cannonball. Right, oh, is he like, Cannonball or is he Richter? Yeah, he's oh. Cannonball. Because they just show him like oh. sh- I thought it was Chamber. shaking in um... – <laughs> he was like just shaking in the bathroom. Um, you've shaken more than three times. That's technically masturbation. You're just playing with yourself, as the song goes. Um, yeah, so there's magic, right? Magic's yep. in it. That's, yeah, you get to uh, see a little bit of like her, uh, like the armored s- arm and like the social sword. sword. Yeah, that's all I caught. Everybody else, I'm like, I don't know. They're they're mutants. Uh, I, I'm bad with names, so apologies. But Arya Stark's a uh, wolfsbane. Yeah, and she's, okay. Yeah, I knew that. I sh- I knew that because of X Factor. And yeah, he is. Uh, he's Sam Guthrie, so he is uh, Cannonball. And then um, the one woman is uh, Danielle Moonstar. Yeah, because she has like the like the future site kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a character which I, again I never really got into New Mutants, but I know she's some sort of like precog. Yeah, it's it, it looks entertaining. Good, good on you, Fox. Rest in peace. You did. You might have done great. What's well, really funny I'm talking about resting in. I'm just like the director, like the the uh, he did "Stuck in Love," "The Fault of Our Stars," the stand. Uh, did ten episodes of the stand TV series, New Mutants. But I like that, like "The Fault in Our Stars" is one of those stupid. Um, the that's a John Green book. Um. But I just think it's funny. He's like two romantic comedies, a dark mutant story, and then Stephen King's The Stand. Like those are his director credits. <sighs> but uh, yeah, we got some other trailers. Um, this one came out a while ago from when you're listening to this, but we haven't talked about it on the show. Is the uh, Ghostbusters trailer, guys? Or we might have. Yeah, we Who don't knows? remember. Yeah, it's been a, it's a little, been a little bit. Um... I think we might have talked about it, but at the same time, I'm not a hundred percent sure because I think we we've been off with recording. But. I think we talked about it um, just on our texting with friends because Chris, like when we were texting with each other, was like, "I really hope um, Paul Rudd's not the villain." And I was like, I, "I don't see I don't see them going that way. I think he's the guy who's going to teach them and pull them all together, unless he gets possessed." Well, the whole thing is like he seems to be so in the know about the Ghostbusters and what everything was. I feel like he could be kind of like the mastermind behind whatever's happening, um, causing the afterlife, you know, releasing all these spirits from a containment center, whatever happens. I don't know. I mean, we don't have a lot to go off of. I just, this is what I wanted uh, the last Ghostbusters movie to be. Like it, it harkens back enough. Because I want that nostalgia. I'm, this is what I grew up with. I wanted to be a Ghostbuster when I was a kid. Like this, this feels like Ghostbusters to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I, I, I love the look of it. I like the feel of it. Uh, I can't wait for it to come out in the theaters. Paul, that one you won't have to wait very long because it comes out in July. So this will definitely be part of our summer movie blockbuster bracket yeah. buster. Ooh. I- you know what? I, I uh, uh, alongside New Mutants, which is going to be out in August, so these will both be on that list. Yeah, I don't know what to feel about this because uh, 
it just it's a movie that's all I got like I, I really don't know I'm neither very excited nor not excited about it. It, I don't know if I'll like be like, oh yeah, I'll definitely go to the theater for it or anything. But if it's like on a streaming service, of course I'll watch it. If it's at the cheap seats, maybe I'll go see it. But now, um, did you see the last Ghostbusters movie when that one released in the theaters? Yeah, at the cheap seats. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think I I rented it in uh, you know Redbox or something. Because I honestly don't really like Ghostbusters 2. Like, the first one's great. The second one is, I think, a major step down from it. There's great quotable lines, but that's kind of it. It's like such a gaggy kind of quotable movie. It's not as good as the first one. I I would agree. It's not as good. Yeah, I agree. It's very quotable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dig it. It's Ooh, not, but if I, I had to pick between know, the two, I would definitely watch the first Ghostbusters, but I'm not going to say no ever to Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I, I would agree with Chris's statement. I have a Vigo the Carpathian shirt. So it's in regular rotation with the rest of my t-shirts, and every time someone sees it, they're like, is that Vigo? And it's like, yes. You're like the buzzing of flies to him. Uh, Very quotable. But is it, you know, and that's how I feel... Like, don't get me wrong. Love Ghostbusters, but do I need more Ghostbusters? No, I had the I had the great animated series, this as a is, kid, and I had the first great movie. This like, is the nostal. This is the nostalgia area era for us. That's what we're doing. That's what yeah. Stranger Things has hit that that nostalgia. Yeah. Even it's it it's stroking that nostalgia bone, and the fact that this is being done by Ivan Reitman's son Jason. Like, I saw an interview with him when he was like. I was there on set every day when my dad was making the first one. He's like, I consider myself the first Ghostbusters fan. Like he grew up with it in a way that no one else did is more than like more than what we did. Exactly. So I, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to do it right. And worst case scenario, even if it's not great, I'll walk out of it. Like I did the last Ghostbusters movie where I was like, it was Ghostbusters. Like I didn't hate it. Didn't love it, but you know, Um, yeah, and then uh, we also got a trailer. I don't think you guys had a chance to watch it, but it's something that I'm excited about. And that's um, Netflix is putting out a Lock and Key TV series based off of uh, Joe Hill's comic book. Um, it looks really good. It looks like a really good interpretation of the comics, which you can only you can only hope for. And Netflix has been pretty good about that. Um, we got an Umbrella Academy in uh, 2019, which was... I'll be talking about that later when we get to the look it back. Was a good, it was a good interpretation of that comic book. It wasn't... Um, it didn't hold true to the first one, but it kind of tied in some of the other storylines that happened bef- in following that book. Um, and then even like The Witcher which I'll be talking about later on, which I think is a really good interpretation of the, the Witcher books. Um, so I think they're, they're doing a great, uh, a good job with these. And I think there's, um, they found that like that initial watch on Netflix for a series, you get the biggest ratings. So they're putting all that effort into that first season because that second season you have a drop off and the third season you have even more of a drop off. And that's why they're, canceling shows on netflix 
after the second season because they're like, well, we don't you've diminished this much that third season you're going to diminish more. So put everything you can into your first and second season because only that's the only way you're going to get a a third season. Like don't have just filler episodes. Pack it. And then uh, did anyone else have anything for news? Because I got one last little bit. No, I really don't have anything else. That's the hard part about not recording regularly. It's the things you want to talk about, you kind of forget about because other things happen. There you go. Talk about that. And then by the time we actually get to, you don't remember it. Um, So Marvel had announced that they're going to be making a Moon Knight show as well as a uh, Miss Marvel and a She-Hulk show. And um, right now they said that they are in talks uh, with Daniel Radcliffe to possibly play Mark Spector in the Moon Knight show, which I think would be uh, kind of fun. I like Daniel Radcliffe. He's He's been doing so much weird indie stuff lately for his film career that, uh, you know, some of his stuff's kind of good, some of it's kind of weird, some of it's um, unwatchable, but... I like him as an actor and as a person when you see him in interviews. And uh, I think he could do a good job playing Moon Knight. Yeah, I have no I have no issues with this. Uh, especially because of the fact he doesn't need to do any more acting ever. Like, he's probably set for life at this point uh, after Harry Potter. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. Uh, I'm just excited to see Moon Knight. And uh, I also saw that uh, Christian Bale is in talks to be in um, the next Thor movie. So everyone's speculating, is he going to play, um, um, what was the, from... Um, oh, Beta Ray Bill. Well, yeah, Beta Ray that. Bill, um, but also they were talking he might be the villain um, and play... Um, uh, the God Killer. Oh, the God Killer, yeah. yeah. Which I can see him playing that more than Better Ray Bill. Agree. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to take us out of the news garden and into the list. The comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 18th, 2020. And um, the book I'm looking forward to is coming out from Dark Horse Comics. And this is going to be a Hellboy winter special. Um, This is with uh, several writers and several artists. And this is going to be just a fun holiday book from uh, the Hellboy universe. I picked picked this book up last year. They did a holiday special. Had a lot of fun with it. I think we might have read it for a look back. And we all enjoyed it, or I'm just remembering that because I really enjoyed it when I read it last year. Um, But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Nice. Paul, you got a book? Paul, did you drop it Well, Chris, it looks like it's just you you and me. That's okay. While Paul's getting his, uh, he's having some technical woes figured out. Uh, I'm going to talk about my book, and I've been really bad about reading comic books this past year. It's just something I'm terrible about. Still want to read them, still want to talk about them, though. Um, so it's something I'm going to be picking up just to continue on with the story, because it's going to be one of my favorite books that I've read. Um, 
from the year is actually going to be a Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel crossover event that they have going on right now called Hellmouth. Uh, the fourth of the five issues is coming out uh, next week on the 15th. Written by uh, Jeremy Lampert, Jordi Belair, with art by Eleanor Carlini. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The first arc of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic was fantastic. The first issue of Angel really hooked me into. I just need to be better about sitting down and reading comic books. Um, that's going to be something I start doing more. Uh, spoilers for New Beer's resolutions, strangely enough. Later on in the episode. But yeah, that's uh, going to be my book. And why don't we take a little bit of a pause while... And in my book... It is uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie. This is spinning out of the uh, great uh, Jason Aaron run of Thor that we've been enjoying. And it's actually co-written by Jason Aaron with uh, Al Ewing um, and art by Pierre Perez. And uh, it starts off very uh, Star Wars-y in Time of Death Now, uh, this issue number seven. So apparently uh, Valkyrie is going to team up with uh, Marvel's Mightiest Medics to try to save the life of Death herself, which is crazy because I know Death is a female character in the Marvel Universe who Thor is in love with, or not Thor, uh, Thanos is in love with. Thanos. Yeah. Oh, Thanos or Thanos? Uh, I've heard it both ways. Okay. I always say Thanos. Thanos? Thanos. I say Thanos. But Night Nurse is on here on the cover of this with uh, Doctor Strange and some other characters that I don't recognize. But hey, let's see let's see what Night Nurse can do with uh with Death being on the operating table. So I don't know. I think it might be fun. Uh, I haven't checked out any of the Valkyrie uh, issues. Uh, this seems, you know, like a pretty good jumping on point. So why not check out this issue? See see if it catches me or not. Yeah, I actually haven't read any of the Valkyrie books either yet, and no reason not to. I just haven't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind checking that one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to a look back for that book. There we go. Well, you know what I'm looking forward to? Another beer? Oh, no. I was, I was going to let you uh, do your dramatic reading. Uh, but, okay, uh, hold on. I, got I mean, I am looking forward to my, my, uh, my next beer, too. Ooh. Okay, if we're going to do dramatic reading, I'll have to kind oh, of... Oh, crap, I'm reading. I'll have to wait a second or <laughs> it's two. Been, it's been a bit since up. the last episode. It's okay. It happens, yeah. guys. And now, a dramatic reading from Disney's The Little Mermaid, issue one, panel four. Or page four, panel two. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Isn't it most amazing thing you've ever seen? Yeah, sure. Looks great. Can you get out of here? Home. I feel so at home around all these weird, wonderful objects. And that was a dramatic reading. From Disney's Little Mermaid, issue one, page four, panel two. That was painful. (laughs) (laughs) I I usually, I mean, you know, behind the scenes stuff, I will look at and read the panel along with uh, the actual reading of it on the show. 
This one I did not. And it was rough. (laughs) (laughs) You experienced it like the listeners. I know, and I love and hate you for that reason. (laughs) But I I could go that high. So you're saying saying it is better to actually go to our Facebook page or wherever we post the show notes. Megboard.com, yes. Actually, read along with it. There we go. It might, it might take some of the pressure off of it. Some of the pain. I'm sneezing and technology hates me today. That's all I know. It's okay. It happens. Right. So, it's a new year, though. It's a new It's a new us. Yeah. And what do our new us's do that our old us's used to do? Drink? I, I, don't, I don't... You know what? Mitch... We, we still drink? I don't, know where, I don't know where you're going with that one. Mitch, I, Mitch has is going into the... The beer reviews. Okay. Mitch, Mitch Hedberg had a great joke, you know, back when he was alive. He would say, he's like, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to do with them as well. So. We used to drink. Day. And we still do drink. But we also, also drank back then. So, we're drinking. I don't know. Okay, guys. So. So, John, are you going to be talking about your second beer or your third beer or both of your beers? I'm going to talk about my second beer now. And then okay. when we do our look back of our favorite beers from last year, I have my number one. Okay. Just just happened to have it. Good to I walked, know. I walked downstairs, and, and as I was opening my beer fridge, I went, oh, I have my favorite beer down here from last year. Uh, but the beer I'm drinking now, now, now. Now, now, is, now. Uh, from Rusty Rail Brewing out of Pennsylvania. This is their Fog Monster New England style IPA. This was canned on 12-14-19. This is a another adequate New England style IPA. And what really makes this beer adequate is four pack tall boy cans at 9.99. Nice. Uh 6.8% they also have an imperial imperial peanut butter hefeweizen, which is pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's there's nothing there's nothing when you drink this you go yeah that's a New England beer. Uh, and what beer was this? Sorry, I didn't have my notebook open to write it down. Uh, Fog Monster from, from Rust, Rusty Rail Brewing. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an adequate New England IPA. Um, I've definitely have better. I've had worse, but for nine ninety nine for a four pack, it's a decent drinker that you could like. Oh, I can grab that, throw in my fridge, and just have whenever. Hmm. Nice, Paul. You have a uh, another beer. You still going to yep. be just drinking your other? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm um, drinking the next of the Collective Arts uh, original Origin of Darkness uh, collaborations, and this is the Voodoo Brewery. I love. It's one of my favorite breweries. I never get down to Erie enough to try to get uh, more of their beer, but anytime I'm in Erie for work or any reason whatsoever, I will stop at Voodoo Brewery and pick up whatever they got. Uh, This is uh, an Imperial Stout bourbon barrel-aged two years with cocoa nibs and cassia bark. And this is... uh, I'm not going to say heads and shoulders above the last one that I had, but a good it is. shoulder uh, uh, above the last one. Just that bourbon 
barrel age just oh, gives that richness, that bite that was kind of missing from the last one. The last one was an easy drinking sipper. This one has that nice little warming bite to it. Like every sip that still... I take, oh, it's just that. It's that warm hug. That from but a, it's still a pretty oh, easy drinker. It is, but you got that biting, that biting but warm hug. You know that kind of bourbon yeah, barrel and the, embrace. And the cassia's bark is Chinese cinnamon, so you have a nice cinnamon pop on it. It's an absolutely wonderful beer. It's so good. It's so good. This is my third bottle of this beer. Oh, I brought you two bottles. You brought me two. This is my third. Because <laughs> we split the first one together because we're friends. Yeah. And then I'm and a selfish it bastard. Was, it was so Christmas. I, I had two other ones. <laughs> that's that's your right, man. But I I paid you for that beer that you bought brought me. I did. Okay. I, and I didn't say I bought you beer. I said I brought, brought you beer. Me. Yeah. You needed to hear but the I, R in that word. Otherwise. I, hey, as soon as I knew that I was getting that beer in. I took a I took a screenshot of what it was and sent it to you and said, "Would you like this? And how much would you like?" And I said, "With Voodoo Brewery, you always do two allocations. You always do two. Always two. Always two allocations." So. We learned. We learned. We learned our lesson the hard way. Mm-hmm. So I'm on my third. So I apparently did not learn my lesson, unless, of course, <sighs> there's a fourth bottle in my fridge right now. There is not. Should always buy two. Should always buy two. Always record. Always buy two. It's it's Darth Bane's rule. Oh, and who are we to argue with him? The the rule of two. Yeah. Only you're Darth Plagueis who got rid of the rule of two. We'll talk about that more later. Because right now we got to talk about my beer. I've definitely had more than two of these. Um, this is actually the last bottle of this I have. And this is coming from one of my favorite breweries. This is from New Holland Brewing. Uh, this is their Dragon's Milk Reserve line. Mm. This is their Maple Oak. This is a bourbon and maple syrup barrel aged stout sitting at 11%. If you want to talk about easy drinkers, this is definitely one of them. Um, I love Dragon's Milk. I've been really excited that they've been doing these special reserve uh, releases just with the Dragon's Milk with different flavors. This is definitely one of my top favorite ones. Um, much like the Plaid Habit from Boulevard, I had my first two of these uh, room temperature, and then I put the next two in my fridge. The third one I had was chilled. Uh, my fourth one I'm having now, I'm back to having it at room temperature again. Drinking them a little bit warmer really lets that maple flavor come out. Um, when you're drinking it cold, it's it's still a nice sweetness, but it's a very subtle maple, and I really want that maple pop right up on the front before I get that uh, the bourbon barrelness on it, because that bourbon just kind of washes away any other flavor with it. Um, I really dig this one. I think I put it at like a 4.5 on untapped. Uh, I'll definitely be grabbing more of these once I go to my beer store again. It's, it's delicious. This is probably one of my favorite of the reserve. Number two, probably being the orange chocolate one. Um, what I think is funny is I got this beer in September. Jeez. I still haven't seen the other, like, the toasted coconut or whatever it was. I yeah. looked that up quick. 
Um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm just like smacking my lips and I'm getting like that nice maple. And then like afterwards I just have like that nice burnt like vanilla. Well, I think it's funny because like the banana fosters one that like you had it like two months before we got it here. And then I had the maple like two months longer than that. Uh, three months before you were able to find it where you were. It's just really bizarre. This thing, I still, I haven't seen the, um, the s'mores one. I mean, I'm just looking through it now. There's mocha mint, vanilla chai. That's a, that's one that I definitely want to have. Wow. Uh, cherry chocolate, s'mores, banana, coconut, um, coffee and chocolate, dragon's milk white, regular dragon's milk. Um, they also have a Mexican spice cake version, salted caramel, which was good. Uh, raspberry hibiscus, least favorite. Raspberry lemon, oatmeal cookie. Jeez, like I just I want all of these. It's just a great beer, no matter how you have it. Unless it's res- uh, raspberry hibiscus, then just don't drink it. Get anything else. Yeah, and I mean, there it's a proven like it's a great beer, and the variants have been good slash good enough to always warrant picking up the next one. And at fourteen like we pay fourteen ninety nine up here for the four pack. It's still just a great price for what I you're wanna, getting. Uh, I wanna say this one was probably around like fourteen ninety nine. I've bought so much beer recently. Um fourteen ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine. It was somewhere within that range because I bought something recently that was seventeen ninety nine for a four pack. But I don't recall what it was unfortunately. Well, when I went to my beer store, I was hoping to find the KBS Espresso, but that still hasn't popped up. Excuse me, I have to take up some. Maybe next time. Yeah, and if you can't, uh, I can always bring it down to you in February. I will let you know. And you know what? I'll also let you know about some of my favorite things from uh, 2019, because that's right. It's time for our annual look back. Or we're going to take a look back at some of our favorite things that happened in 2019. Um, we're going to be talking about some movies, TV shows, video games, beer, and uh, we'll be talking about a little bit of games too. Also comics. Yeah. Did I say comics? I think I forgot to say comics. Yeah. No, at all things we love. 2019, let's move on. <laughs> um... Where do you want to? Where would you like uh, to start, Chris? We are a comic book podcast, and as someone that's been really bad at reading comic books this year, there are books that I picked up that I enjoyed that I want to go back and finish that line or that series. Um, and one of those is Heroes in Crisis from DC Comics, written by Tom King. Uh, I really enjoyed this series. I haven't finished it yet. I think I have one or two more left in this whodunit murder mystery. Um, I know it got a lot of flack. People weren't happy with it, but for me, it was a, it was a really engaging story. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I my got, number... I oh, felt go ahead, a bit with all the stuff with the flash, but I don't want to spoil it. So... But that's that's something we read together, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pick for one of the lookbacks, and I think we did the next. 
couple as yeah. look backs as well? Or, or was that Tuesday? We, we've been picking, somebody, one of us, one of the three of us were picking it up. And I remember reading it and like, ugh. Well, that was me. Maybe, okay, no, sorry. It was uh, Doomsday Clock that we were doing as like the monthly look mm-hmm. back, like where we read multiple. Okay. And that one I just could not, could not get into. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like the boat has passed on Heroes in Crisis for me. Like, I know it's a thing that happened, but DC, I, I just don't know where DC Comics is nowadays, so I have no idea if they even care if it happened or not. Or if it's in continuity. Uh-huh. They have so much stuff that's out of continuity. Yeah. I think this one's in continuity because I think they just brought Wally West back again. Yeah, but again, I've, I've been really bad at reading comic books. I know, but I'm going to pick a very similar book to you, Chris. So it doesn't really, you know. So everything that I just said, you, you could say exactly the same. Is it the uh, Leviathan? Yeah, event Leviathan. Oh yeah, like that was a good one too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I just enjoy it because of the side characters that they bring in. They bring in, you know, they're all investigating, and the question shows up both. Both questions show up, which is uh, kind of crazy. Uh, Green Arrow shows up. Uh, it's it's just one of these books where it's Superman and Batman trying to figure out what's actually happening in the DC universe. Um, who who the secret organization is? Who is the Leviathan? Spoilers. Do you guys want spoilers? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, if I haven't finished reading it by now, it's Manhunter. Not Ooh. not the female Manhunter that we read with uh, Marco and Draco was the writer of, but the one previous. Um, that nobody remembers nor cares about. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, uh, sure. <laughs> I, I'm wondering how it gets there and everything. It's much like you, Chris. It's a book that I was picking up. I bought a bunch of issues, fell behind on, and I want to catch up and read the whole series. Um but event Leviathan, I think it's it was probably one of the books that I was most interested in in 2019. Let's get ready uh, to read. Sorry, <laughs> John. Um, and uh, my book is um, it's called my number three is uh, Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy. This is coming from Dark Horse Comics. This is written by Jeff Lemire, and it's part of his um, his Black Hammer series. So this is, um, it seems like his version of Batman. Um, it's a, a, the book starts with a boy whose parents were killed by a mugger who he blames himself. If I hadn't, they were at a restaurant and he asked for dessert and his mother wouldn't let him have it. And then he begged and they finally said, okay, you can have dessert. And then on their way home, they were mugged. So he blames himself. If I hadn't had that dessert, if I hadn't begged for dessert, they wouldn't be killed. But as his parents were killed, this character skull digger comes, kills the man who shot his parents and then disappears into the night. And then it goes to the police station where the kid's being questioned. He doesn't say anything. They have a Joker-esque character 
and everything's kind of being told from the child's perspective. And Skulldigger comes and takes him from he's in a orphanage, takes him from the orphanage to to raise him and the last page of the first issue is like I shouldn't have gone with him and it's changed my life and he's the first person I ever killed. Like it's like, oh, this is gonna be this isn't quite a Batman ask story as the Black Hammer kind of stuff that Jeff Lemire's done. It was really kind of an interesting read and issue two come um comes out next week. Uh I'm gonna pick that up. It's something that I've been actually waiting for it to come out for um, months because I follow Jeff Lemire on Instagram. He's been teasing it for a while and I feel really in- invested in it that I'm like, Oh, I, I really want to see where this goes much like when he did his Starman um, book last year. That's all I have to say about that. Are we, it was, so it was it was one of your favorite books, but you didn't make us read it for a look back. Uh, no, because we didn't do look back. Wow, okay. we, haven't, we haven't recorded. We haven't recorded. You didn't even say like, "Hey guys, you should read this." Okay, well, we do text well, each other on the messenger. <laughs> we are friends, you know. Just say it. Yeah, th- this is something um, like when we do like a January look back. If we were gonna tag in the the time period that we haven't read books. This would be one of the books that I do if we did December Arma, and maybe maybe trade and policy. Yeah, I just it, wanted to give you crap because I hadn't said anything in a minute. Sure, that's fine. I'm allowed to. Paul, what's your number two? Uh, this would be House of X. Uh, hey, the series that we were reading together uh, on the lookbacks. Uh, this is an interesting take. It's uh, oh my goodness, why can't I think of his name? I'm thinking Jonathan Hickman. Uh, oh my god, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I need to just click on it and then... Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. I just said that! Oh, I didn't hear you. Nobody wow. heard you. They only they, heard me. I only heard the clicking. <laughs> but uh, you heard me. J- Jonathan Hickman taking a, his his run on the X-Men <laughs> with the weird kind of mutant island. Uh, Kroka or whatever. Krakoa. Krakoa. And they're regrowing the X Men in their prime because they can just make new bodies and just like show up there. Uh, it's a very interesting take on the X Men that have decided to not only we need we need to fight for our own selves because they fear us, but also we're going to separate ourselves from everybody else because they fear us. Um. I haven't caught, uh, kept up with where it's led up to with all the other X-Books that have come out after it, but I was really interested and really had a lot of fun with the House of X series. So that's why it's my number two book of uh, no, uh, 2019. Let's get ready to read. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here, too, because that's actually on my list as well. Um, but I kind of wrote it down as a duology with Powers of X and uh, House of X, because mm-hmm. this made me want to check out the X Men books again. I I can't remember. I think I like Powers of X a little bit more, but it was a good enough hook, and they kind of ran so concurrently that 
I wanted to read both of them. I want to get that full story, and I wanted to see where they were going because uh, Marauders sounded like it was going to be a lot of fun because it's got X-Men that I care about. Uh, Excalibur's got X-Men that I care about, and then the art's being done by Marcus Toe. Like, that's a book mm-hmm. that I want to read, but I haven't, and I need to catch up on my X-Men books to do it. But, again, those are things that are going to be on my to read list for this year. Like they're going to be on my stack shame because I, I appreciate where Jonathan Hickman's taking the X-Men universe right now. And, and I want to see where it's winding up. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I did like it. I wanted to continue reading it. I was glad when I looked through Paul's books today that he bought all of them that I, mm-hmm. that I can do that. Um, Are those yeah. two of the books that you read this today? No. No. Oh. No, I. Uh, you guys definitely don't need to read Absolute Carnage. Any of those books. Those, I mean, but somehow you made us do it. Yeah. You made us read that first one. No, I read uh, the Moon Knight Annual where he fights like Kang, and um, and then I read uh, a Hellboy issue. Cool. But uh, my number two is actually uh, from the War of the Realms, Journey into Mystery. And this is actually um, written by the McElroy brothers and their father, who the McElroy brothers have um, a bunch of different podcasts, but they're best known for uh, My my Brother, My Brother, and Me, and uh, The Adventure Zone, which are two podcasts that I absolutely love and adore. And um, this book is nothing but fun. Uh, So with the uh, journey into mystery, you have, like, Wonder Man, you have uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Hawkeye Kate Bishop, um, the Balder the Brave, who's Thor's brother, uh, escaping in a Winnebago with Thor's baby sister, who's being hunted um, during this War of the Realms. And it's just a really fun book uh, written by these these uh, four brothers and their father, or three brothers and their father, and they do a really good job, and they take care of those, the voices, you know, they're not, they're not writing Miles Morales like he, he, it feels like he's coming from Champions, or he's coming from his own series, they capture his voice well, even what they do with, like, Wonder Man, um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think even like a, a, a Lockjaw is in it. Like it was a really fun little mini series that I really enjoyed uh, reading. And the reason we didn't uh, read this, Chris, for a look back is it was one of those periods where we hadn't recorded in a while and it just got lost in the shuffle. Gotcha. Thank you for letting me know why. You're, no, no problem. <laughs> uh, who goes next? I did my um, number two. Oh, Chris, I will start and I jump on yours. I I will start with my number one. It's my turn. In <laughs> uh, my number one is actually a, a trade that came out from the McElroy brothers, and this mm-hmm. is the Adventure Zone Volume Two. This takes place of their second arc in their Adventure Zone. Um, podcast, which is actually the 
um, three brothers and their father playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it was so well liked, and the story was actually the storyline that they did was really uh, a lot of fun. That they've been releasing um, trades um, based off of their their actual podcast, just more than just transcribing it from um, <laughs> from from their episodes. Uh, but this is an extremely fun um, book, uh, volume two. It's called Mortar. Uh, murder on the Rockport. You have um, a human warrior, a dwarf um, cleric, and an elf wizard. Uh, the elf wizard is named Taco, T-A-K-K-O, uh, which when he created the character, his bro- the brother Griffin, who's the DM, was like, did you name your character fucking Taco? And throughout the whole story, he's actually trying to find all the ingredients to create the first taco. Uh, the first taco. The first taco. Wow. So, like, yeah, it's it's an extremely fun uh, podcast to listen to. The books are a lot of fun to read. I have um, uh, volume one, volume two, but this is something that I was really excited to get. Uh, I got the hardback edition of it um, right when it came out, and. Um, I'm actually looking forward to volume three, four, five, six, seven, like all of their um, their first uh, adventure that they they did. It was like sixty. It was like sixty three episodes, which was their oh, their first full adventure with um, uh, Magnus Burnside um, and Taco the Wizard. It it was a it was really really great the stuff they've done after that hasn't been uh hasn't captured the same magic as the first um the first story arc that they did because they change they um change dms they change actually the role-playing game that they're playing um but i actually just went back and started re-listening to the adventure zone the original the original storyline because it's it's that good and it's fun and funny like they do like a really good job of telling a great fantasy story and having a lot of fun while doing it. Highly recommend it. Very nice. Yeah, but I don't like fuck John. I know you don't. What 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 it's not even like bizarre macabre. What like what slit your wrist thing are you gonna are you gonna say for number one? What was that what was that goddamn book that most depressing book that Took us like four years to read for trade and policy. A BB? A BB. Oh my god. <laughs> no, my number one would be, uh, oh man, I really wish I had a depressing Daybreaker from the Luna Brothers. No, uh, it was also very depressing. Every issue was about somebody dying. Um, this, this book poisons you while you're having diarrhea. Like, oh. <laughs> you It gives you diarrhea and poisons you while you read it. <laughs> that would be a great book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an experience! I'm going to say uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, with his action comic series. Uh, this is a, this is something that's been going on, and it's probably the one book that I wish I kept up on the most. Um, I picked up issues here and there. Uh, it's Brian Michael Bendis writing Superman. Which, you know what? It, 
probably isn't as good as Tom King writing Superman and Brian Michael Bendis writing Batman, which is that Walmart line, mm-hmm. which I hear just amazing things about. So let me switch. I'm going to say that Walmart book, those Walmart books that I have. Did you read those Walmart books? No, but I hear great things. I wish you I should. Them. I think those. I told you to like when they started coming out. I picked one up. And it was great. Yeah. Uh, so I really like the action comics books that I have read from by Brian Michael Bendis, and I really wish I read the Tom King Superman issues from the Walmart books, and also for the Brian Michael Bendis uh, Batman books. Over at the uh, Walmart. So, you can just all, get them at the Walmart, huh? All three of those books, boom, is my number one. That whole <laughs> menage a trois. Because I've been drinking uh, Origins of Darkness. So, I make my own rules now. Those, those are your rules. Um, and a book for me that ruled, again, I want to keep up on it. Uh, one of my picks from uh, the list this week, I want to read the rest of the Buffy books. Like I said, I've been bad about reading comic books this year. Uh, plan on doing more of it, and Buffy and Angel, and then this crossover Hellmoth that they have going on right now. Those are things I want to catch up on. I mean, no matter what, I'm going to keep reading my regular monthlies like Nightwing, Detective Comics, Green Lantern, like those are books I'm always going to buy no matter what. Like That list might have expanded this year because we've started getting stuff like Young Justice and uh, Runaways ongoings again. But I don't know. Th- these are books that are based off things that I've always loved with the TV shows, and I, I need to keep up on them. How else can I consider myself a fan if I don't read the monthly comic books, guys? How do I do it? Chris, can I deposit another crossover for you to read instead of the Buffy crossover? Betty and Veronica. The Hunger. Versus whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Hung. Yeah. Uh, Jughead, The Hunger versus uh, Veron- uh, Vamp Veronica. It's pretty good. And I, I have, first I have read those. On, uh, you, you've made us read most of them, and I'm okay with it because they're not bad. They're good. But it's not Buffy. That's that that would be my honorable pension, would be that series. Uh, since I picked comics first, uh, where do we want to go next? Okay. We've got movies, TV shows, games. Uh, why don't we go into TV shows? Because that's something that we started doing last year, and I think this year we got some great contenders. All right, yeah. Uh, well, since you're kicking it off, why don't you uh, let us know uh, what you start off with? Uh, my number three is uh, Netflix The Witcher. Um <laughs> I fell in love with this game. I fell in love with the Witcher game in uh, when Witcher Three came out because it looked great, and I absolutely loved it. And then I found out that it was a book series. I've read three of the many books um, that have been uh, that the games are based off of, and um, the Witcher is probably the best like video game adaptation, quote unquote. You know, um, but it actually is a great interpretation of the books, and this stars uh, Superman's uh, Harry Harry uh, Henry Harry Henry Harvey Harvey Carvel Cavell Carvel Harry Cavell. I don't know his first Harry Cavell. It's Carvel, no matter what. Uh, But The Witcher is what Geralt. 
Geralt. Geralt. Geralt. Geralt of Rivia. Oh, but what if his first name was Jerry? Henry Cavill. Um, Harry Cavill. Uh, yeah, so this follows the White Wolf. Um, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry the White Wolf. It actually it, it bounces through different time periods. Um, you, so, you see different characters. Um, you see some of their origin stories. You see um, different different adventures and how it's uh it's on Netflix if you haven't watched it it's it's really good um I really enjoyed it um even like watching them have being like oh this is this story that I read this is this story that I read um it was it was really good I knew where they were going and I thought they did a great version of it um the things I like uh Henry Cavill did all his own stunts he did all his own sword fighting because he didn't want he wanted you to see his face doing it. He didn't want you to like lose that thing of like, oh, that's just another beefy dude in a white wig. He wanted you to see his face while he was doing it and know that he was doing all his stunts. Um, it was really good. I watched, I think, the first four episodes, and then I made Caitlin wanted to watch them, and I rewatched them all with her. And I've thought about going back and rewatching them again. I, I personally love. I love the books, I love the video game, and I really enjoyed the, the series. Oh, that's, uh, I think Harry Cavell picked up the doing his own stunts from working with uh, Tom Cruise on the Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, probably. And and he got into like he got into better shape than he was for Superman for this role. Nice. Uh, this is a show that I want to watch. I have people I work with ask me if I've started watching it yet, and it's just I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'll tell you this, Chris. You're not expecting it, but man, there's a lot of boobs in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know they... I'm sorry. I, I don't think I've watched anything on Netflix that has boobs in it, so I, I didn't know they had boobs on Netflix shows. A lot of boobs in it. And then uh, I went to bed... Um, Caitlin, she works for college. She's had a nice uh, winter break where she didn't have to go into work. And... Um, so I went to bed and she's like, well, I'm going to keep watching. Where should I stop watching in this episode? And I said, oh, when you get to the orgy, uh, stop there. <laughs> stop there. And she looked at me like, orgy? <laughs> I was like, yeah. When you get to the orgy, uh, stop. And uh, we'll continue on because that's where I ended up stopping. So, I'm not that if that's because people were all like upset about the very first Witcher video game where if you had Geralt uh, Geralt, have, Geralt, uh, have sex with uh, any of the female characters. You would collect a playing card of that character. It was mm. it was weird. Uh, in Witcher Three, there was a lot of like a lot of sex mm-hmm. that you could like in the video game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, just a really good series, and I'm I'm a fan of the Witcher quote unquote series, so I liked it a lot. All my television that I'm going to pick up, <laughs> that I'm going to talk about, is streaming as well, uh, because I don't think I've watched anything live uh, in 2019, like other than the sports. Uh, so my number three is going to be Stranger Things three. 
Yeah, I'm glad I get to talk about this without burning one of my topics. <laughs> okay. Uh, Not that I felt like I was burning something, but like, I felt yeah, like I get to talk was, about something else. I, I felt like Stranger Things season two was a little bit of a sophomore slump, and season three, man, you got Wesley from uh, the the uh, you know from the Princess Bride being the mayor, getting his butt his his ass handed to him. He gets this great moment with the Russian, Alexei, just being like, you know, everything, everything's rigged, you know, everything, you know, everything's set up to heavy fail. And then he goes to a carnival, and he wins a prize, and he's like, hey, maybe not everything's rigged. Yeah, and he, 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 wants his, he, he wants his cherry slushy. <laughs> they have strawberry. Strawberry. Uh... You know, I just love all the little character moments and character beats in this uh, 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 this season of Stranger Things, uh, season three. Uh, I love that I dump your ass. Uh, just, I, I really think, feel like the characters got to be themselves in this season. Um, maybe not so much in the second season. Um, it just every, everything was great. I know people complain I, about the Never Ending Story song, but no, oh, okay. I, I yeah. loved it. Um, fun, fun fact: uh, this year at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, they had a Stranger Things house, and it was kind of like a amalgamation of all three seasons. So you see recognizable bits from each one of them as you're walking through it. But then, as you walked out, they were playing the Never Ending Story theme song, and that made me like stop and be like, uh, "Never Ending Story!" Like pointing up to the sky, like, looking around, like, Dustin and Susie are going to be, like, singing over me like cherubs or something. Um, I and really Fal- enjoyed season three. Yeah, Falcor's going to help you chase down your bullies. Also... Make them hide in a dumpster. What a great what a great season where they introduced a brand new character from uh, Scoops Ahoy. I, I'm forgetting her name. Robin. Robin. Such a great, cool character that they introduce, I, who gets uh, involved in all the uh, shenanigans. I totally forgot that this came out in 2019. Yeah, it, I mean, it came out like halfway through the year because it was. Uh, it was right like before July Fourth. Yeah, Fourth of July. Yeah, that's right. Because I was off from work that day, and that's what I did. I stayed home and I watched the entire season. Um, I absolutely loved it. I really loved season two, but for some reason, season three just it clicked more with me. Even though it seemed to be kind of treading water with some of the characters, like I didn't like Mike at all in it. It seems like they don't know what to do with Will now that he's not missing or, you know, carrying through like some part of the upside down with them, and he just wants to hang out with his friends. Like I was kind of just annoyed with him. But if the entire season was just uh, Erica, well, Hopper was good. But, like, all the kids infiltrating the Russian base, mm-hmm. sign me up. Like, that was some of the best television that I watched because it was all just fantastic. You and can't I mean, spell America without Erica. Without, and, like, everything about, like, those four together, like, with Steve and Robin, like, mm-hmm. that just worked. And then, yeah, you get those moments coming back at the end with all the stories intersecting again at the mall, like... I really enjoyed the season. I can't wait to see where they go with season four. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And like they, it did feel like they had a problem 
intertwining everybody's stories, but they actually let like the main the main foursome group of kids be kids and have like kid problems. And then you had the you had the Chips Ahoy storyline, you had the Hopper storyline, but you let like no, these are like these are these are kid moments, like broken hearts and feeling used and all of this and I think those moments you needed but it, yeah, it did feel like they didn't know what to do with their storyline until they met up with everybody else. And one of the things that got me from season one, kind of going into Steve, uh, season two, was like, Steve is such a douche, uh, douchebag in that first season. I'm like, don't try to redeem this guy. Don't try to make me like him. And then by the time season two comes around, I'm like, okay, yeah, homie's my favorite character. That's fine. But then going into season three, I'm like, they better not try to get me to like Billy. And they didn't. They just leaned into Billy being a complete oh, piece of shit, and I was okay with that because I hate that dude yeah, so he much. Sacrificed it, himself. No, oh. no. Yeah, he sacrificed himself. They don't redeem him though. He's yeah. still just a piece of crap at the end of it. We'll talk he about has... redemptions and being pieces of shit in the movies. I'm sure. <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. Uh, Billy's a bigger piece of shit than the one we'll talk about. Yeah, later. I, I, I agree. I hate Billy so much. Um, yeah, uh, so I started that. Uh, Paul, you're going to say your your number two. Oh, I'm starting my number two? Uh, my number two isn't Wait, a... I, Chris so has given his number I haven't three. Oh, my, my number three. Because I've oh, just I'm been sorry. able to piggy bank off of Stranger Things so far. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I, there's so much no, Stranger Things talk. No, I mean, because we all, we all loved it and we all... I thought we all picked it. it as our number three, two, or... Um, well, no, because uh, my number three is going to be Umbrella Academy, actually, going back over to Netflix. Um, kind of like you said before when we were talking about The Week and Geek, it's not like a one-for-one adaptation of the series, but it's a very good take on it. Um, it didn't lean into as much of the weirdness as we get from the comic books, but I'm okay with it being a little bit more grounded. It had the characters. It had the overarching story. It it hooked me. I didn't binge this in one day like I did with Stranger Things. I was able to parse it out over a few days, but that has nothing to do with me not enjoying it. I absolutely love this show. I think they did such a great job with paying respect to the comic books, but still able to stand on its own. And it introduced this such weird niche genre comic book written by the guy from My Chemical Romance to so many people that normally wouldn't have seen it because it's a weird niche genre comic book written by the guy from My Chemical Romance. Like <laughs> it, it's as soon as they like announced the comic book, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. And the fact that it came out on Netflix and everybody's like, oh my gosh, have you heard of this umbrella kind of thing? It's like, bitch, I've been hearing about it for the last six years. Ask me about it. Uh I really enjoyed the show and I can't wait for season two. It was like Umbrella Academy was a series that I was interested in when it was coming out, but I never read it. And then we read it for a trade in policy because Chris brought it to the table and I was hooked. I loved it. Um, volume two. I really enjoyed that. And then the uh, volume three was coming out right when this series was coming out. And I didn't stay up on it. I don't, Chris. I don't think you did either. I think no, we bought, I think, yeah, we I think bought, we the, bought the first one. That first was it, but 
I've been bad at comic books this year. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. And I'm uh, going to make steps to fix that. Also, I don't think we liked it. That first issue didn't hook us. Um, but you loved I, the first trade. We did our trade policy, and you both, you both guys loved Umbrella Academy. Oh. And I'm like, nothing, nothing makes sense in this book. I have no idea what's going on. There are no rules. And you guys are like, yeah, but it's great. Yeah, this is the thing where, like, I think I was leaving for work when it had like come up on Netflix. And Caitlin was like, oh, I think I'm going to watch this show while you're at work because she had the day off. And I was like, <laughs> I think my exact words were like, fuck you. You think you're going to watch the show without me? I've been waiting to watch this for three days, waiting for you. You're not watching this without me. And if I even have a hint that you watch an episode without me, I we're, we're talking divorce. <laughs> uh, but I like she was like, well, you're really mad about this. I'm like, you don't understand. And then, like, I actually yeah. went and I, I went and bought the trade, and I was like, "You can read the read this first <laughs> trade while I'm at work. Then we could talk about it." And I think she read it halfway through. She started reading it halfway through the um, the series because she she loved it too. Like, it is a really good interpretation, and she had all these questions for me, and I was like, "Oh, we kind of have to talk about like the second volume, and they're playing on this and that, like." no these characters aren't in this volume like it it plays around with it but just to live in that world on that show and i think uh season two should be coming out soon i haven't heard anything about it i'm not sure but i've been i haven't been paying attention to like what's coming out on netflix because i've been i've been on the disney plus yeah so Uh So i know they're planning on i know they're planning on season two um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Am I starting uh, number two? Now I'm you start- can pick who goes next. <laughs> You're starting your number two. Okay, my number two, I'm going to do a podcast that I've fallen in love with because it's, because I don't watch any new TV. I'm horrible at watching TV. I just don't care. I watch YouTube. I, will, I listen to podcasts like uh, daily. Uh, this is a podcast that just started this year. And it's called Death by Monsters. How how are you not hooked right now? I haven't even heard of this before. Tell me more. Uh, I like it. It's basically uh, three people that are board game fans, uh, and but it has nothing to do more with board games at all. But they just met through that, and they basically go through and talk about like monsters, mysteries, and the unexplainable. Uh, each episode where one guy, uh, Matthew, is the host, and he kind of does all the research and watch, reads books and watches documentaries about the topics, and then tries to explain the mystery to two other people, uh, Paula Deming and uh, Nick Murphy. And they kind of, like, he sends them links about it, and they kind of do some research, but not really, and they're just like, nope the whole time. And it's just so much fun. Because it's this one guy that doesn't really believe in the, you know, this stuff, but also brings it to them being like, yeah, but, like, isn't it? And they're like, nope. <laughs> Paul likes it because it's basically him and the podcast, I think. <laughs> and Matthew Jude, I just, 
you know, there's there's something about him where he just understands that life isn't really worth living that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 whoa, it's getting dark, Paul. I, uh, I subscribed and I downloaded the first three episodes, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they just, their newest episode is all about Dr. Thomas, and there's a lot of stuff that I didn't realize, like, he wasn't just a crackpot like guy that just wrote like weird rhyming poems uh, that predicted the future. He was actually a doctor, and he's actually like, "Hey, you know, during this uh, black plague that we're all experiencing, maybe we should clean up the dead bodies and like, you know, actually wash ourselves because maybe we're getting sick because we're dirty." Yeah, he was like, "No, we're crazy, you witch." <laughs> yeah. Burn him. No, no, no. Just drink this mercury. It'll make you feel better. You haven't had a big enough hole drilled into your head yet. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, so, you know, he was actually a pretty smart guy. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, pretty cool. They do these Home Strange uh, episodes every other week where they talk about, like, just uh, things that people write in about, like, creepy dolls that their grandparents had. Um,. It, it, really fun. Um, I would, if you're trying to get into it for the first time, stick to the, just the main episodes and then go into the home stranges because the home stranges aren't as good because they're not really that research because they're just like stories that people have written in to them about. But um, yeah, Death by Monsters. If you listen to this and you don't listen to Death by Monsters, I don't know how. That happened because <laughs> uh, Paul's telling you about a better podcast than our podcast, <laughs> and it probably comes out more regularly. Oh, it does, but they're within their first year, and we were pretty regular during our first year too. So, oh, yeah. I, I'd have to say our first, you know, our first five years, and then we had a little span where we had some trouble, and then we we're pretty good six through eight, maybe. And then it's just been nine, nine and ten that we've been a little rough. But uh, come on, we've been doing it for ten years. We make yeah. zero money off of it, uh, and we we lose money doing. I live in a different state, state now. Yeah, Chris has lived in two different states. Still, still doing it, That's but so always cool. in the same time zone, which I appreciate. That helps. Hey, hey we pay. We we pay for our website. We pay for. Uh, the place that we upload everything on, we pay Scott, we pay for beer, we pay for comic books, we pay for subscriptions that we watch stuff on. Yeah, we, pay for we just do it because we like it. Yeah. There's no money made here. It is zero. It it's is all, negative money. It's all spent. It's all loss. Yeah, we didn't lose that. Chris, I'm going to have you do your number two because I believe my number two is your number one. Both of your number ones. Really? Memorian oh, is your number two? Well, yeah. You're really? Yeah. Okay. So, Chris, what's your number two? The right spot to put anything else other than the Mandalorian? Well, my, my number two is not the Mandalorian because that was going to be my number one. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, but I also have. Sorry. Um, I have a list of stuff written down. I'm checking it out. Um, my number two, though, is actually something we talked about in the pre-show stuff uh, in the lead-up to 
you guys coming down to visit in February. And this is also something that's streaming on Disney Plus. But this is the uh, Imagineering story. This is the oh. docuseries that they came out with that kind of details the creation and rise of Disney's Imagineering department. The people that are responsible for creating the rides, the shows, and attractions at the Disney parks. Uh, I think they had just an outlandish job in front of them when it came to chronicling the history of this team of people, but they found a way to do it while not glossing over much. Uh, and they don't you shy. Know what you not know. And they don't they, shy away from the negative at all. No, they straight out say like, you know, we tried to do this stuff. It did not work. Like people hate this. And I think for a Disney created show about Disney on a Disney sponsored streaming service for them to have that kind of honesty is impressive. Like, cause they could have easily just not said anything about that. And people have been like, Oh, um, well, you know, they weren't critical of themselves, but it's still a great show. I, I am glad that they, focus on those trailers because those trailers are what push them forward. And even as someone that's a Disney fan and lives 20 minutes away from the parks and goes often, there's stuff there that I had never even seen or heard before. And I think it's so much fun to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my wife loves documentaries. When I say, like, hey, you want to watch a movie tonight? She automatically goes to documentaries. And I'm like, no, like a comedy or action movie or anything else? So uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, our son gave us both the stomach flu after he had the stomach flu. And we actually drove him to daycare and just stayed home all by ourselves. And I watched episode one and two of the series. And, uh, I thought he gave uh, it to you as a Christmas present. I thought he's like, uh, you know, here you go, Danny. I know, he wanted to give us something. Um, mm-hmm. Season of good. Honestly, the worst thing in the world is holding a baby when he's dry heaving. Because it's, <laughs> it is so sad. It is like one of the saddest things ever. And um, you're but trying we, so hard to get yeah, you're doing nothing, baby. Oh my gosh! And he's crying. He doesn't know what he's. He doesn't know what's happening. It's really, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, but then I dry heaved for eleven hours, <laughs> and I also thought, "Fuck that baby." <laughs> he did this to me. Uh, but we were able to. Uh, my dad took him, dropped him off at daycare for us, and we were able just to be sick for most of the day. And all um, the other babies got sick. Oh, my God. No, he was fine. He gave it to us, and there was a day between. He was fine. Okay. Um, sure. I like I like to say I threw up, like, 17 to 24 times. And Caitlin was, like, piggybacked on. I'm like, oh, I'm sick, too. I threw up once. And I'm like, you didn't, you didn't have what I had. I don't know what you did. I'm pretty sure you made yourself throw up or just made the noises and poured water into the toilet. But you weren't sick. You just wanted a day off. Uh, (laughs) But while I was sick, I watched the first two episodes, and then I said, hey, I think you'd really like this. And we started watching that, and then we watched, as we were watching that, we watched some of the other documentaries on on there. And it's it's a great series. It really is. And it was like um, when they started talking about you know, Euro Disney, I was like, you know, Euro Disney was always a joke. Like, it was a joke on TV, how bad Euro Disney is, blah, blah, blah. And then you're watching the thing, and I'm like, 
This park is beautiful. Like, oh, it's so gorgeous. Like, when they were developing the castle and the trees and everything they were doing, I was like, oh my god, I want to go there. And every time they did a new park, I kept looking at my wife like, well, now I want to go there. And it makes me go, like, we go visit Chris. He lives He lives by Disney for the last, what, five years, Chris? We've, yep. We've gone down once or twice a year to visit him and go to Disney. And I'm like... I'm jealous of these other parks because they haven't done anything to fix these parks up to make them look as cool or do as cool as that. And like now you have Star Wars and you have Toy Story and you have you have them even now revamping um, Epcot. Yeah. But it's like, man, I'm so jealous. Like when they're showing like um, Japan 2's... Um, uh, it was something in Japan too. I, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, d- "Yeah, uh, was it the um, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where you're underwater and everything?" I was like, "Yeah." What? Well, 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 I gotta go there now. Like, I want to go to all the all these parks. And Caitlin's like, "Well, we can totally just plan to go. <laughs> like the next the next twenty years. Let's just plan our vacations around all these Disney parks so we can go to them." So Chris, look out! Like, do you want to go to these parks with us? Oh, ab- absolutely! <laughs> we'll let you know when we start playing. <laughs> for- but that's the thing, like, and I think part of the reason too is in these international markets like China and Japan, those Disney fans don't have any kind of feelings or nostalgia for the parks like the American fan base does. So. You know, when they announced that they're closing Mr. Toad's Wild Ride back in the 90s, like, people are chaining themselves to the front gate for it because, like, no, you can't get rid of this. Over there, like, Disney kind of has free reign to add or do whatever they want because Japan doesn't care what Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is. Like, whatever. Like, you want to open that? You want to close it and put in something else? Okay, that's fine. Like, we're just happy to get something cool. Uh, America doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. And it's like uh, Space Mountain in Euro Disney and in China look uh, fucking amazing. Oh, it's like it's like steampunk and like you're in a bullet that shoots you to the moon. Yeah, that's a, that's a Space Mountain I'll go on because I hate our Space Mountain because I don't fit in it. You won't fit in the Japanese or Chinese. I'm okay. But uh, I'll Tron, try. Hey, Tron's coming to the uh, yeah the uh, truck track. Yeah. And also, yeah, the, Tron look cool. the one thing that I take away from that Imagineering is that guy's earlobe. Dude. Oh my god! He should have Oh, Joe Rody. Why didn't he gauge that? Oh, it's what so gauged hell? out that he has like beads and stuff hanging from it. Like well, he's yeah, just That's why you put the gauge in there so it takes the weight. Like you put the whole you know, like uh Oh after you hit a certain point though, that earlobe just yeah, you can't see you're, you're, you're done. It, it hits done. like the critical mass, yeah. Well, I like showing them when they show him young, and he just had one earring, and I was like, "Look, look, look, look! It's it's not it's not a he's not, he's not a at freak the, right now." At that the point, like, he should have gauged it, and then he would have been fine. But yeah, it's really know. bizarre. But then it's like that guy is like, "Oh yeah, you know, I designed all this stuff. Oh, I designed this. Yeah, I designed that." And you're like, "Oh man, this guy's part of all this cool stuff." And well, he's and so- that's that's the other cool part of the show. Not to spend too much more time on it, but. As much as you love all that Disney stuff, like it was all plotted and planned by someone, and or thrown together gives, by somebody. 
Because there yeah. was a lot of that too. Like, we didn't have plans. We're just like, put it up there. Just paint it. Get the helicopters down here. Drive that concrete. But, you know, as a Disney fan, like, I know, like, most of those stories and I know those names, but to actually see the people there, like, talking about it, whether, you know, it's today, the fact that they got Michael Eisner to come and sit down in a room and talk about everything that happened after he was, like, forcibly removed from the company, like, in the late yeah. 90s, like, was, I was like, holy crap, they actually got the guy. Like, that was again, pretty like, good. Really interesting. And then, like, we talked about it again before the show, but, like, all the stuff with him and Frank Wells, like, we would not have the Disney company as we do now if it wasn't for them and their contributions to it. And they get a, like a bad rap. Well, then even um, – I can't think of his name who's running it now. Oh, Bob like, Iger. Bob Iger. Like when they say like, Bob Iger comes in, everyone's like, ooh, what are we going to do? And he's like, no, no, I'm the perfect person for Disney because I believe in all of you. And if we're going to do it, we need to do it perfect, guys. I'm going to give you the money you need. I'm going to give you the money you need. I'm going to give you the money you need. And let's do it right. You know why he, he's so good at that? He came from sports. We <laughs> came from ABC, which was bought by Disney. And ESPN. Yeah. But it's like uh, like when you're watching those episodes with the, the Michael Eisner, and it's just like, oh, we didn't. I, we didn't know what we needed to do. We put this other guy in charge, and he didn't know what he needed to do. And then he sits down with everyone and was like, What's, uh, what am I doing wrong? And they tell him everything he's doing wrong, and he's like, and I started to cry. <laughs> like He's like, he got real emotional. He's like, oh, man, I've been fucking it up. Let, let me do this right. And then you get Lion King, and you get Little Mermaid, and you get all these things that they're like, well, this is what we need to do. I need to give these guys these things. Um. And it's it was it was really interesting, and all all the conversations and all like all the documentaries that I've watched so far on on that uh, Disney have been great. I haven't watched well, I I haven't watched the one about the two artists, and we've watched a couple of the Day in the Life of ones. Oh, see, I haven't watched that. that I, I watched the first one, but not the shorts. I guess the shorts are all part of the actual documentary too, so you can just watch the the series. Yeah, the one day. I know. Like the last episode is like Bob Iger's a day in the, a day in his life. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> just sitting in Uncle Scrooge's money bin. Like, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, we got we got more out of that uh, than I thought. So yeah, that, that I, was my. Um, number I two. did. I didn't want to say about that. I was like, yeah. Just keep on showing me Disney World. That's the one I'm going to go to. <laughs> I just want to know about that one. Who are everybody else? Them developing well, see, I, I like seeing the stuff for like Shanghai and Tokyo Disney and Disney Sea because those are the parks that I have the least chance of actually getting to go to. So, yeah, seeing Disney World is cool. Like I said, it's 20 minutes away. Disneyland, like, I would love to go there sometime, but for the most part, like, the things that they have are complete just lifts and transplanted over here. Um, yeah, so uh, get ready to talk about your guys' number one and my number oh, two. Oh, I'm already talking about it, yeah. Uh, which is uh, The Mandalorian, which I have to say is amazing. I love um, John Favreau did an amazing job. Did you guys have you guys watched Chef? On Netflix? Um, I haven't. It's on my list of things to watch. I just haven't. Kate watched that first episode, and uh, I I was kind of 
like doing stuff around the house that it was on in their background around the house. And then like Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't remember she was in the Spider Man movie. <laughs> I absolutely uh, yeah. loved it. I was like, What? Yeah. Uh she's like, What? No, I wasn't in that one and then John Fiverr's like, No, no, at the very end you you did a cameo and she's like, No, that wasn't that wasn't the Spider Man. Okay, I be- I believe that though, because I mean, we don't know too much about what she does with her day to day stuff. But all that's probably under, like, so much secrecy. Like, she's probably, like, has a hood Chris. thrown over her. She's shoved into a room and, like, all right, you're in a Marvel movie. Go. Chris, you work two jobs. When you don't get a paycheck. I don't have a child named, named Apple, though. So. Yeah, that's true. But when you don't get a paycheck from one of those two jobs, you realize when you're missing that paycheck. That's all I'm saying. It's like, you realize, I realize where the paychecks come from. When I fill out a uh, reimbursement, well, we're not we're not getting residual form. checks from anything, too. Like, yeah, but she I just fill makes out money because you know, she I, made money at one point. But I have to go out and like you know buy things for my job every once in a while, and I fill out a reimbursement form. Like I, I pay attention to when that check comes in. That's all I'm saying. Like, when do you pay attention to? Like, oh yeah, I got paid for that. Apparently not. But, She's but been I, too much on the goop. I, I believe it just with, you know, how the Marvel Universe is built. If you're not hyper aware of everything. I mean, there's been videos, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed or something, where they're showing the stars of the Marvel movies, villains from other Marvel movies. And they're like, I don't know who that is. Is that even one of ours? And it's like, yeah, that's Abomination. And they're like, oh, I didn't see that one. Like, Yeah, that's fine. But she uh, isn't getting paid by a, that other movie. But... Anyways, in season two, like they go <laughs> to, and Chef, uh, they go to um, Skywalker Ranch, and they cook for everyone. And uh, Dave uh, Filoni is on an episode with them, and they talk about nice. a project. They talk about a project that they're working on together. Um, and then uh, who's the comedian? Um, Bill Burr. Bill mm-hmm. Burr's on an episode because. He was he's in, he's in a Mandalorian, and they and they meet. They briefly mention something there, and there's a another time where they kind of mention about something they're doing, and it's just kind of like, oh, well, it's really kind of interesting watching Chef, where he you have this little bit of like, oh yeah, we worked on this really fun thing together. It's like, yeah, I never thought I would do that before, you know, I never thought I would do that acting uh, when he's talking to Bill Burr and. Dave Fioni when he's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm cutting these, uh, I'm cutting the garlic here, um, but after this, I got to go finish uh, uh, Star Wars, blah blah blah, and then uh, yeah, no, we re- we uh, did all the sound and editing here at uh, Skywalker Ranch for the project we worked on that we can't talk about. I just thought that was funny, uh, but Mandalorian, oh my god, is that an amazing show? It's so good and it's so well done. Um, I was. After I watched the first episode when Disney Plus launched, I couldn't believe how short it had actually been because I felt like they did so much in that episode. And then I saw subsequent episodes were also going to be around like the 20 to 30 minute mark. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. But each one of those episodes has enough happening in it that I feel like I'm watching an hour long episode of TV. And I think if they had put each one of those at one hour, 
I would have maybe had too much of them and it would have started to feel like they were padding things. I think they had the perfect number of episodes and the perfect length because even watching the show where I was like, okay, it's Doctor Who, Planet, and Monster of the Week. I get this. As soon as I kind of hit that point, the very next episode we got was uh, The Prisoner where he's kind of with the old crew and they're on that uh, New Republic prison ship and they got to get someone out. And that episode just like snapped me back into, and I was like, all right, I'm sorry, Mandalorian. I should never have doubted you. Uh, yeah. I mean, they captured everything about star Wars that I've wanted and I love about it and gave it to me. And it was side by that. You mean Amy, Amy Sedaris being a uh, like pit jockey on yeah. Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it was, you know, it it just was those really fun moments, sci-fi, western, you know, lone wolf and cub kind of thing. How characters from, you know, episode one come back into, you know, episode eight. And when this show was first talked about, it was going to be, you know, ten episodes, ten million dollars an episode hundred million dollars and then you get eight episodes for that money and they're not full up they're not full hour episodes but it's like well no they didn't need to be and you can see where they use that money well because it's it's beautiful it's it's better looking than the movies look oh yeah the production quality is fantastic and you know they captured everything with those characters Perfectly, you know, you you never should have seen the Mandalorian's face, and when you do see it, you know, it's only because no one else is around and he's with a robot, and the fact that well, he that's, hates. That's one of my questions. If I ever got to sit down with Dave Filoni in a room, like you know, for the podcast, or just like pass him at a convention or something, I feel like one of the questions that needs to be answered is where and when did that happen? Because in stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels, you're seeing Mandalorians pop their helmets off left and right. So I don't know where where it became a thing. It's like, nope, we never take the helmet off. That's just how it is. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean... I don't know. Became this is a the thing w- for the, all the people that haven't seen all this other big baloney series, Chris. <laughs> but this, this is the way. <laughs> the, the fa- this is the way. The fact that everything else that's happened, though, like Clone Wars and Rebels is canon, and they're still going to be continuing to create more of that to build that canon. It, yeah. it didn't distract me from the show. It just kind of one of those like when he said like, "No, I never take it off." It's like, bro, like there's a whole season of Clone Wars to focus on like Mandalore that everyone's just like, "Oh, let me take my helmet off." Uh, and now again, you take your helmet off. Like I don't know. And again, those shows are for kids, but they're also for us. You know, like. Mm-hmm. This is more for adults than it is for kids, and it's more setting what that, yeah. I wouldn't say race, but that maybe religion is about, or that no, belief. That people. That's the, it's a creed. That the creed. Yeah. Uh, what it is about, I, you know, you can say what you it want just, about it. It, but, it didn't distract me. It didn't ruin the show, but it's just like one of those like, huh. I said the only thing, the only thing like negative I have to say about the show is after the Mandalorian come and save him in that shootout and he's flying away. And then the guys in the rocket 
jetpack and flies next to him and gives him the weird salute. Because, mm-hmm. like, when that happened, I goes, oh, man, is he going to give him a salute? And then he did. I Like, I laughed out loud. And I was like, uh, why would he give him a salute? Like, <laughs> just give him, like, a, hey, you know, even, like, a head nod, like a head nod would have mm-hmm. been better. That's the only time I felt like that show disappointed me. And that's what drops it down to your number two. I, I, I just want to uh, no, I have to say, I have to say, my number one. I was watching these episodes. My number one and my and, and Mandalore. It, it's watch. It is. It is I Watchmen. Watchmen. I was watching them at the same time. They were coming out week in, week out, and I, I hit a point where I was like, "Fucking Watchmen's better. It's a better show. It's it, it's better. I, I, it's better." <laughs> Can I say this about watch uh, about uh, Mandalorian? <coughs> I went to uh, I went to Rise of Skywalker, uh, and I went to see it with my dad. I told him like weeks ago, "Hey, you want to go?" He's like, "Yeah, that would be great." And uh, I bought the tickets. I told him the time, the date, of the tickets. I, you know, a week beforehand, I'm like, "Hey, Dad, remember we're going to go see uh, Rise of Skywalker?" He's like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" Day of going to see the Rise of Skywalker. I'm there at the movies. I send him a text message saying, hey, remember, you know, we got the tickets today. You know, uh, I'll meet you at the theater because I didn't want him to come pick me up. You know, because sometimes he does that when we go to the movies because I'm on the way to the theater. And then, uh, you know, uh, I'm there and I'm like, hey, you here? I, I don't see you. Ten minutes before the show starts, I, I give him a call. No answer. I give my mom a call because I'm like, hey, is Dad on his way? He's like... On his way where? And he's sitting right here, like, drawing on his tablet. And I'm like, oh, uh, we got that movie. We're, we're going to see Rise of Skywalker. He completely forgot uh, that we were doing that. And he gets there, and, he, and we're sitting down. And the previews are still going, thank goodness, by the time he gets there. Because, you know, movies. Uh, and we're talking <laughs> a little bit through, through the previews. And he says... Yeah, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Have you been watching Mandalorian? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Like, that's all Star Wars for my dad right now, is the Mandalorian. So that's why it's my number one. Uh, It is that good of a Star Wars thing. And I I think my dad enjoys Mandalorian. And what kind of annoyed me a little bit more is, uh, he asked me if I remember the television show Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which is a television show that I bought the DVD set for and left at my parents' house, you know, because I split, because it was an expensive DVD set. I think my brother Ryan and I, we bought that DVD set together. And he asked me if I oh. remembered. Well, that was, Firefly. I think that's back when like DVDs were so oh, they were expensive. They like, were like as much as I wanted Firefly. Yeah. Firefly. dollars set. I always wanted it. I wound up getting it for Christmas one year because it was one of those things that I was like, I will never buy this for myself. Mm-hmm. Brian, and I, I think I bought it off. for my... Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I, I bought it for my sister for Christmas because I wanted I, I wanted to watch them. And then, like, right after that, like, it was on Netflix, you know, I had Netflix streaming and it was on there and I was like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> Like, I just spent all this money on it. 
Well, and then, Paul, to kind of add on to what you said, my mom's a Star Wars fan, not as big as, you know, we are by any means. Like, she's seen the movies, like, she has the knowledge of, like, that canon. She's never read any books or comic books. She's never seen Clone Wars or Rebels. Mm-hmm. She's all about Mandalorian, though. Like, every Friday when the new yeah, episode would post... It fits it, with she, the movie. You don't need fits, to watch she was, Clone Wars. Right my now. mom was sending me a text like, best episode of Mandalorian ever. My mom's sharing Baby Yoda memes on her Facebook page. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's accessible enough and it's good enough that it's keeping just that normal person engrossed in it. And I think that's the best thing that they could have done with the show. Like, it's so well done. I'm sorry, we didn't even get to mention, like, IG-11 and Cara Doom and... Oh, Cara Doom, uh, great. Oh, I, I hope back. she comes back in season two. Like, I hope they don't kind of like abandon that supporting group of characters because I want more Carl Weathers. Like, they spent so much money, and all they got is that set for that one planet. So, guess what? They're going back and back again. That's fine, but you know, who knows? For how much like people dug this season, they might be like, "Hey, oh, how much? How much more money do you want?" Okay, we can do that. So uh, well, even. Even Werner Herzog as, uh, you know, that imperial client was yeah. so good. Oh. But he did. He's dead. He did. Uh, <laughs> so all I'm saying is uh, I don't know if I was in the right mind frame for uh, watching Rise of Skywalker, seeing as my dad forgot that we had a date. And then it was like, I'm not excited about this. Screw this movie. I want to talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> Well, that's before the movie. After the movie, that you should have talked about Skywalker. Uh, yeah. Not really, because my dad's like, but, I don't understand like, why you want to be. Bye. Yeah. Got gotta go. Uh, gotta go watch more Mandalorian. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> if, you find the out last your episodes out now. I gotta go. You find out the whole reason your dad was late is because he's just drawing like pictures of like, Baby Yoda <laughs> on his tablet the whole time. More than likely. And my dad's like, I don't understand why you want to be a Sith. All you're all you're doing is sitting around on a dark planet, like in a stadium, and they're not even playing football. I'm like, I know, Dad. They, they, they were ghosts, obviously. They were just representations of all the. No, they're of those are actual people. No, they're all clones. Those are real Sith. They're not real. <laughs> no. Oh, I hate this movie even more now. Uh, John, do you need do you need to talk about uh, Watchmen because you got to like spoiler alert? Uh, what what I do want to say is when Mandalorian was coming out, I had a lot of hope for it, and I was like, no, I think this is going to be really good. We've been talking about it. When Watchmen was coming out, I had zero like I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was going to suck, and. I sat down, I watched the first episode, and at the end of it, I was like, I gotta watch episode two. That was really good. And then after episode two, I was like, well, I'm booked. It is the best interpretation of a continuation of the Watchmen trade that you could ever think. And it's David Linnanoff, and each episode is very lost like Chris where it ends like on a cliffhanger and you're like I gotta come back next week I gotta come. I can't wait to see what happens and I just like literally I mean the show aired on it it airs on like at Sunday nights 
and I would wait till Wednesday when I have the day off. Caitlin wasn't watching the series, and I have Grayson, and I'd wait till I put Grayson down for a nap, and then I would watch it. And then I got to, well, uh, I got some time here on Tuesday morning before uh, I go to work. I got a half hour, and I'm by myself. I'm going to watch it. And then it became, like, Monday morning. Like, oh, I got to start watching it now. Like, it was one of the shows that I needed to watch it almost as soon as I could. It is extremely well done. I don't want to say anything because I, I, when we, when we come down to visit you, Chris, I'm going to try to get you to watch it. Even though you said you don't want to watch it. I think, I think you're going to, I think you're really going to be like, wow, this, this is really good. You could just there, watch Superstore again. That's good. Oh, I love Superstore. <laughs> Superstore or Gallivant. That's what we watch. Yeah. Oh, Gallivant's Gallivant. great, too. Uh, I, Paul, after I, you sent that text message uh, about the the Secret Mission song, I, I pulled it up and I had to watch that clip again because it's, it's so good. I'm just surprised that's not on Disney+. Plus. I'm just going to say, Watchmen, the trade I read, I just it's just not for me. So I've just... I'm just not interested in any kind of after, pre, or post watch. No, it's not for you. It's not yeah. for you, Paul. Of, of all the I, people I would watch, you have the best luck with me because I I enjoyed Lost and Chris. I, I, like, I appreciate I, Watchmen. It's not my favorite book, but like I'm telling you, I did not expect anything out of this, and it was fantastic. And even like my friend Max, who is even more nitpicky than we are about comic book stuff. I He's was young. just like... He, he hasn't been beaten enough. He, he hasn't been beaten down as enough as we have to let stuff pass. He's yeah. really like, no, nah, that's bullshit. I don't fucking I don't fucking deal that way. I was like, man, have you watched have you watched Watchmen? He's like, it's fucking amazing. It is... It's great. And David Lindelof said, like, no, I'm not doing a second up season. This is all I wanted to tell. This is the continuation. If somebody else does something, that's that's their business, but they shouldn't. This is where it should stand. And it is. It's it's fantastic. And I, I really do think it's better than The Mandalorian. Okay. I'm just going to say this again about Max. He hasn't been beaten out, uh, down enough. I don't think he was alive when Batman Forever came out. <laughs> no, that's how no. young he is. He's yeah, he's ten years younger than I am. Yeah, so I'm just going to say that. Like, yeah, so those movies beat us a little bit down, like what we can expect from comic book media. Yeah, no, I I I literally agree, and that's why I went into Watchmen. Like, I went in there knowing that I was going to hate it and roll my eyes, cross my arms, and frown the whole time, and the end of the episode i was like well no it's this is actually really well done and i like it and i i is one of the best things i watched this year so let's uh well, look back and other, i was gonna say well other stuff that we we like talking about do we want to maybe split this in two because it's already 11 o'clock yeah do yeah. we want to maybe come back do a part two where we can talk about movies and games oh next I- time I thought I was, you were going to talk about look forward. Definitely separate no, look forward. Because I was going to say, I think I, I still want to talk about movies because I have stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, let's about, do but... movies. Let's do movies in our beers and stuff. Well, I was talking about like like splitting the episode. Like we'll come back, we'll do a part two. 
where we can okay. talk about movies and games because we're already at like two hours almost. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Because, you know, more content without me needing to do anything more work. <laughs> and I, I think we're going to have a lot to say about the movies. So Yeah, right. especially Rise of Skywalker and Endgame and all the other movies that somebody will mention. Well, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening and uh, look forward to a month uh, next month when we do the part two of this episode. <laughs> I'm going to let you know when I'm working right as soon as we finish this so we and can hopefully, hopefully not... I won't have, and hopefully I won't have this many technical... Today was just a bad technology day for me. Just really bad. Yeah. And we spent a... Uh, we're, we're going down to visit Chris in February and we pl- we were planning our visit. Um... Oh, but what about my beer that I opened up and drank? Oh, do you want do you want to talk about it? Quick? You can still talk about it. No, I'm just going to finish it. I mean, or you could just because you were saying you're going to drink another beer anyway. So that will be our Patreon sponsorship level. <laughs> uh, just uh, follow us on Patreon. We don't actually have one. Just Give us thirty two thirty two cents a month, and you can hear John talk about his <laughs> third beer for twenty eight seconds. It was good. I like it. Unfortunately, Patreon charges us thirty three cents every month to carry it. So we actually have to pay them one penny every for every one subscriber we get at that level. So yet again, we're just paying to do this. We're All right. okay with it. We love you listeners, but honestly, go subscribe to Death by Monsters instead. 